0: Welcome to the Restore Church Sermons podcast. We're so glad you joined us here today. We hope that through this message you are encouraged, challenged, and strengthened. If you want to know more about Jesus, Restore Church, or have any questions, please head to restorechurch.com.au. And now, presenting to you live from the Motherland, Pastor Eddie Inglis. Well, Happy New Year. I'm so glad and blessed to be able to share this time with you. We miss all of you. We even miss Mark, at times. Well, how might I begin this? If you have not been told who's speaking today in this video, welcome to all of you. If you have been told who's speaking, then welcome to both of you. I'm reading from The first letter of peter chapter 3 verses 8 through 12. finally all of you have unity of mind sympathy brotherly love a tender heart and a humble mind do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling but on the contrary bless for to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing for whoever desires to love life and see good days let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. The structure that I have in in mind to bring to you today is simple, it is 5-3-1. Peter starts with the word finally, and then he goes on for another two and a half chapters. Now let that be a warning to anybody listening. But when a preacher says finally, he is really only halfway through his sermon Peter has just spent two and a half chapters or so talking to scattered people throughout the Roman Empire. He has spoken to them about the glorious gospel and all that God has done for his chosen people. If you get a chance, just read those two and a half chapters. Don't don't study them, just read them. It's brilliant stuff. In the second chapter... Peter tells us more of who and what we really are in Jesus. He goes on to tell us now how we should live. So, 5:31. Firstly, just a little warning. I asked my granddaughter Lacey to do a drawing for this service. It is painting or coloring by numbers. She had strict instructions stay within the lines, she's done a really good job. The problem is that the picture is really flat. In your life, you will come across people who live their Christian lives within the lines. There is very little flow, there is no blending. The result is accurate and orthodox, but flat so please with this 531 please do not take a literal approach to this we do not want to produce christians who are plastic cutouts but people who have some depth to themselves peter has told us who we are and what we are in jesus and now here are some instructions that he gives us on how to achieve this so here we go 5 in verse 8, Peter speaks of five things, five things of what we should be inside, inside. He has already said some of these things in chapter 2, so now he lays them out particularly for us. The first of these is faith. They have to do with the, the mind. The middle three have to do with the heart. So the first and last have to do with the mind, the 2, 3 and 4, with the heart. Mind and heart. Let's race through these. All of you have unity of mind. In some ways, this means unity of flow. It's the same thing. There will be some terribly wrong done to people in life and in the church. Even in the church, even in your church, it is impossible to agree on every detail. Paul tells us that the Holy Spirit gives gifts and ministries as he wills. So immediately, We won't see things in exactly the same way. But the flow of ministry is always towards one goal. And that goal is equipping the church to honour and glorify Christ. If you can sense that somebody is seeking to build up the church and glorify Christ, even if it's clumsy, listen. Next comes sympathy. Not only do people hurt, but people are hurting. Just last week, I was talking to a patient about his life. I was in the hospice. He's in his forties. The prognosis wasn't good. And on the board, it said no clergy. As I went past the room, he called out, Reverend English!" And I stood in his doorway and he said, come in. And I told him that I was told that there was no clergy. He said, I didn't mean you. As long as we don't talk about God, because I'm an atheist, we can talk. So and I went. He was in pain, he was hurting, he was fearful for himself, fearful for his wife, fearful for his three daughters. He was fearful that he was going to have a scan and the results would be even worse than he thought they would be. I listened and offered him sympathy and I informed him that I would be praying for him. And I told him that I'm going to pray for him. There's nothing you can do about that. He said, you can pray if you want. Two days later, I went into his room. As soon as I walked in, he jumped up like a tigger in pyjamas. They've done the scan. They say there's some hope now. So I said to him, well, that's brilliant. I can stop praying for you now. And he said, don't do that. You see, people are hurting. People in church are hurting. People are broken. People in church are broken. So walk gently. Can I say that again? Walk gently. Sometimes, in pain, hurt and confusion, people don't say what they really mean. Thirdly, brotherly love. Simply, it's love that means I desire your best and I'm going to do my best for you. John says, for God so loved the world that he gave. Proverbs tells us that a brother is there for times of trouble. Be a Christian brother. Be there for people who hurt. Fourthly a tender heart. The word used here is the word compassion which is a word that means I'll be with you in your suffering. When you are suffering I will be there with you and for you. When your world is collapsing I'll be there to support you. Listen church you can't do this fourth one without the first three. The fifth is a humble mind. A humble mind in part includes understanding more clearly who and what we are in Christ and also that I am broken. Can I say to you please, beware of false humility. A woman once came to me and she said to me with tears, Pastor, I am really, really a bad mother. So I said to her, give me five examples of how you have failed as a mother because this is a serious thing. She stopped crying immediately, looked at me and said, I'm not that bad. This wasn't a question of humility. This was a question of attention seeking. Have a humble heart. That's five done. Although there is still much more to be said and much more to unpack in verses 8 and 9. Now verses 10 and 11. These have three stanzas and they start with, let him. But it starts with this phrase, for whoever desires to love life and see good days. Now, I really want you to love life and I really want you to see good days. I really want people at Restore to see what God has done and what God is doing and what God has planned. So let's get down to it. If you want to love life and to see good days, this is what it says. Let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Paul tells us to only speak those things that are useful for building up the church. The word may be on your tongue, but your lips are the bear trap that can prevent them from being spoken. Simply, language is powerful. Think before you speak. Once those words have left the trap door of your lips, great damage can be done. And trust me, some of the damage is very, very hard to repair. Sometimes it can never be undone, apart from a mighty, mighty moving of the Holy Spirit of God upon his people. The second one is let him turn away from evil and do good. The principle of the Christian life you can read in Ephesians in chapter 4. It is the principle of put off and put on. This is what Peter is speaking of here. Put off evil, turn away from it. But that is not enough. I'm sure that you've heard people say, if you can't say something good about a person, don't say anything at all. It may be a good adage, but it's not a Christian principle. The Christian principle is put off and put on. Peter puts it like this. Let him turn away from evil, put off, and do good, put on. Let him seek peace and pursue it. The last of the three is this since time is against me i will leave you to unpack most of this by yourselves but let me just say this these two things very quickly firstly peace is not the absence of war i have not forgotten and nor have i forgiven the last time that i was in australia and Jacob attacked me with a stick we were both standing there at the front of church It seemed we were at peace, but then he saw his opportunity and violently, with that twig, attacked me. In church life, peace is not just the absence of war. Peace is a living thing. Not only must we seek it, but when we seek it and recognise it, we must pursue it as if our lives depended on it, because church life does. It does not say chase after it as if you're playing a game of tag. It says pursue it with the intention of capturing. Finally, I got you there, didn't I? Finally, 5, 3, 1. We live under the shadow of God's care for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. Peter is saying do all the above in verses 8 through 11 because the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer 5 3 1 may these verses help you in your spiritual transformation in your spiritual restoration personally and as a church in the face of the world in this new year I pray God's blessing upon restore and upon those who are listening God bless you